Welcome back to Nostalgia, your weekly look at what's going on in pop culture. I'm Pat Sheehan. Dave, do you have the time? I think we're moving on to stage two of our podcast <laughs> career right now. I hope so. That'd be yeah. nice. SoundCloud.com slash NostalgiaPod. Yeah, stay plugging. Get on that. Get yeah. on that stage two now. Okay. Get with it before stage three shows Anyone up. Anyone want to throw us some sponsorships? We wouldn't hate it. Yeah. We'll, we'll read whatever. Literally. Give us some money, we'll read whatever. <laughs> so we have a packed show for you today. We're going to be talking about Mr. Robot Finale, as I alluded to. We're going to be talking about a festival we're both attending this weekend called The Meadows in New York City. But Dave, you wanted to start with some TV and music news, so hit me with it. I just want to shout out three notable releases in hip-hop last Friday. Audio Push Duo from California, debut record 90951. They're an awesome duo that spits fire bars all the time. They have a lot of awesome freestyles that if you're interested in, I will point your way. Also, Mick Jenkins, who I've mentioned on the pod before during our XXL discussion, he released his debut album, The Healing Component, and someone I know you're familiar with, Pat, can I get a, a dollar sign one time? Ty dollar sign! Ty dollar sign released a new project, Campaign, on Friday as well. Champagne campaign. And then this Friday, coming, the 20 or whatever, the 30th, Danny Brown, new album. So if you're interested in those albums, let me know what you think. Do you consider the weekend hip-hop? I was just going to bring that up next. Nice. Weekend, new record, Starboy, with mm-hmm. Daft Punk. Daft Punk! Also the name of his new album, which comes out in November. What are your thoughts on that song, Pat? I mean, anytime Daft Punk's involved in a project, I'm very excited about it. They're, I think we've talked about them in the past as being a preeminent godfather figure in electronic music. The Weeknd has some good songs. His last album, like, what's it, what was its name? Uh, Beauty Behind the Madness. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> anyways, The Weeknd's last album. <laughs> With Can't go- Feel My Face and The Hills right. and all those hits. He so. obviously became more commercial. Yeah. I like a lot of his earlier stuff. I like uh, House the- Full of Balloons, Glass yeah. Tables. Was yeah, like an awesome the song. trilogy right. set of records. Yeah, yeah. his new one is mixtapes, honestly. So, uh, this, obviously, he continues to stay in this more commercial, more pop realm. Absolutely. But I don't mind the song. It's not yeah, bad. I like it. I think he does well. I think he's sad and moody, low-key. <laughs> Delivery on this complements that Daft Punk beat well, so that's cool. But I think the coolest thing about this is that The Weeknd isn't surprising us. We know when this album's coming out. It's coming out like November 17th or whatever. Like, shout out a traditional album release. How about that? From from a big star. I mean, Absolutely. if you're not a big star, you really can't do the, non, the non-traditional, just drop it. Unless you're just, like, dropping a mixtape, right. I, I assume. But yeah, I, it, it's pretty cool, and... It makes it predictable, which is nice. People can talk about it. And I guess it's probably because The weekend really isn't at that level yet. I mean, he's close. Is he, though? He had one really successful album. Yeah, but he was, like, super, super successful now. Who is bigger than him in R&B nowadays that's active? Beyond, like, the obvious suspects, like Beyonce and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think he's right up there. Especially male R&B. Male R&B. He's just as big as Chris Brown. Yeah, and, I mean, I think the other person that came to my mind was Frank Ocean, but he had a, a surprise album yeah, job. He, and he's also, like, he's super active. unique right. and eclectic. But, yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, if anything, I was hearing some skeptics saying that for traditional album releases, it almost isn't enough time between your lead single and your release stand in terms of building it up, but we'll be seeing him. Well, he'll be at the Meadows anyway. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But yeah, if you have any thoughts on any of the new hip-hop 
that is out. We also talked about Mac Miller last week. Let me know what you think. You tweet at the show, at NostalgiaPod. Some good raps out there right now. Also, Pat, I wanted to ask you about Westworld, new HBO drama coming out this Sunday. Too bad. I thought it was a uh, Kanye West theme park, which I was very excited for. <laughs> Close. It's a Wild West theme this park. This has Anthony Hopkins in it. Yeah. I've Je- seen all the previews. Yeah. Jeff- yeah, Jeffrey Wright, Ed Harris, Evan Rachel Wood, Jimmy Simpson, who's the, another House of Cards alum. He was the hacker dude who they, like, they arrested in like, right, season, yeah. season two or season three. He's been in a lot of stuff. He's in a TV show about criminals. What was that He's becoming a that guy, I yeah, think. Yeah, he uh, definitely is. Tessa Thompson is in this, and James Marsden as well. Mm-hmm. Based off the Michael... Crichton novel. Michael Crichton obviously wrote Jurassic Park. Very well known. They also had a movie called Westworld from the same thing with Yul Brenner way back in the day. Interesting. But yeah, you definitely saw all the marketing with HBO. Mm-hmm. They've been pushing this hardcore. All the press early reviews are very positive. They got the first four episodes. And I think it's funny that the sci-fi western combo mm-hmm. seems to be working because I just couldn't help but think of Cowboys and Aliens with Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford. Right. It's just a whole lot of meth. <laughs> but yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty interested in this because it's HBO's first time in a while having two dramas active on their network. You know, right now they just have Game of Thrones and, right. and all their other good shows are comedies, mm-hmm. right? Well, that's, that's actually true. Nice. I mean, it, and even all their new shows, like they have all those new comedies they're pushing as well. I guess so. you're, you're counting like a long-standing drama because obviously The Night Up would be considered a drama, but it's, it's a sure. short series. Yeah, right? miniseries. Or like True Detective. Right. I've seen the previews. I'm not as interested in it i'll probably check it out just to kind of Mm -hmm. see i mean with with talent like ed harris and anthony hopkins yes i think it's something to be interested in it's also being developed by jonathan nolan who's christopher nolan's younger brother who has worked with chris nolan on a few things and jj abrams is executive producing and it's got the game of thrones composer for the music it actually had a very leftovery type feel to it Mm -hmm, as i was watching it so that might also draw me in because i kind of like those meta type of discussions about what's real what's yeah, not. yeah that, that's my thing yeah, if you don't know the premise you haven't seen the previews anthony hopkins creates this wild west theme park where people can go and basically role play in the wild west mm-hmm. and evan rachel wood she is basically like the main character she works in the theme park they're basically like artificial life but something starts to go wrong they start kind of questioning why they're there you can kind of see all the different angles that could go but another thing i like we both like 10 episode season very short. Well, I think it's going to check boxes for me, so I'm excited. How much better do you think it would have been if Anthony Hopkins had created a Kanye West theme world where everybody had to walk around in a Kanye West world and that that was what the show was about? Just, I'm not sure there's enough meat on that bone. Hmm. I think we'll have to take that to the writer's room. I'm not sure. Take it up with my, or my co-writer, Adam Mahalik. Yeah, you, you guys have a lot of ideas that have yet to the paper. <laughs> Get out of HBO. We have some great ideas. Yeah, that's all I've heard. Also, shout out Marvel Netflix's Luke Cage comes out the whole season, all 13 episodes this Friday. I'm interested in that. Obviously, Luke Cage was introduced in Jessica Jones, played by Mike Coulter. He's pretty badass, so I'm excited for that. The villain is Maha, butcher's name, Maha, the guy who plays Remy Danton in House of Cards. His oh, last name's Ali. He's yeah. got a long first name. I, He's the villain. If you're looking at me to pronounce a name, yeah. you know that that's not going to go yeah. well. Re- Remy, obviously. Remy's yeah. great. Remy's great. Which is actually also interesting, you know, a, a black protagonist and antagonist. Yeah, sure. Hmm, that's pretty cool. If you've seen the campaigns for this, a lot of YouTube ads, a lot of commercials on TV, they've been playing a lot of uh, Wu-Tang Clan and ODB. That's and very cool. Hip-hop influences are very prevalent in the show. That's so great. So I think that'll be cool as well. So I'm interested in that. So if you have any thoughts on Westworld or Luke Cage, if are you in, are you out, are you like Pat, you gonna check him out? 
figure it out then. Let Marvel just stays winning, man. I yeah, mean, of course. They, it's Marvel Netflix, man. Yeah, they have the, be- the best plan going forward. DC has no shot. We talked about this in past pods. Find <laughs> it soundcloud.com slash nostalgiapod. If you haven't found it by wherever you're listening to this now, that's where you find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a lot of fans like our Brangelina episode. So Yeah, so that, that episode's so doing pretty if, well. If you're here now, I'm Dave. That's Pat. Yeah, Welcome. what's up? So we're going to jump right into the Meadows. Pat, what is the Meadows? So the Meadows is a music festival. It's the first time they're doing it. It's brought to you by Founders Music. Basically... What else do they bring? They bring you Governor's Ball. Well, they were going to. <laughs> well, they, they have brought you Governor's <laughs> Ball. So the cool thing about Founders is that they're actually an independent music festival company. So unlike AEG or like Golden Voice, big music brands like that that buy these festivals, the rights to these festivals and just mm-hmm. make them these huge money-making factories, they really pretty much are predominantly in New York City and they don't have the the big financial backing of these big companies but they try to make it more city focused. It's going to be held in Queens which is pretty cool. It's going to be right by City Field. Flushing, uh, Corona Flushing Meadows Park whatever it's called. Yeah, I think it's exactly where Electric Daisy Carnival is, yeah, has been Yeah, they just held. had that, yeah. And they have a, they have a pretty good first lineup. I mean, for a debut festival. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's more hip hop than Governor's Ball. Governor's Ball usually is a good mix of hip hop and, and rock. This is pretty heavily hip hop. There's just was... only so many rock artists that you could pick in today's landscape, Pat. That, uh, thankfully, that... they picked probably the top <laughs> of the game right now. You son of a bitch. <laughs> well, we're gonna get to that. So the headlining. Headliners: Kanye, Chance the Rapper, The Weeknd, and Kygo. And now adding on J Cole. Right. So Dave, why was uh, J Cole added to this lineup? As this happened, I was very confused, but it makes sense now. But the weekend initially had dropped out, or mm-hmm. they had dropped him. Unclear how that went. And then it came out that the weekend was performing for the debut of the return of SNL this fall, that mm-hmm. same night. SNL 42. Yeah, whatever it is, and that, that's obviously in New York. So my first thought was, why can't you just do the next week of SNL and do the Meadows the week before? But I guess, you know, when you're that wealthy and you can say no to things. Right. But then it turns out the weekend's going to do both, and they moved his time slot out of the night, you know, headliner to mm-hmm. end, the night, end, the, end, the, end the day of the festival and push him to 6.15, which is one of the, what, the third to last block, second to last block? Yeah, it's the second to last block second on the last. main stage. And also with the time the sun's going down, he'll be playing for about 20 minutes when the sun goes down mm. around there, which is still, you know, pretty good for... Uh, he comes alive in the the, night, the fall time, as he says, or the nighttime, <laughs> whatever. So yeah, and they added J. Cole to take over the headliner that evening. Which is, I have to say, pretty impressive for like a last minute headliner two mm-hmm. weeks away from a festival. That's pretty impressive that they were hey, able Cole, to... Hey, Cole, what you doing? Eh, nothing, just chilling. Yeah. You want to make some money? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> is he from New York? Is he New York based? No, he's from North Carolina. Hmm. He went to uh, hmm. went to school in New York though. That's how he met Jay Z. Ah, interesting. Okay. Well, I'm probably not gonna check out J Cole because Pretty Lights, another band I'm or a DJ, I'm really excited to mm-hmm. see. Seen them three or seen him three times now. Seen him with his band one time, without his band one time. They'll also be closing out Saturday night. So just to kind of run through some of the other bands that we're playing Saturday, Empire of the Sun, Damian Marley, Grimes, Chromio, Thomas Jack, Savages, Sylvanesso, and Post Malone are like the top of that. Now, you're definitely going to check out Post Malone, right, Dave? You love Post Malone. No, no I don't. Uh, <laughs> the schedule, surprisingly, is not finalized yet. I guess the weekend J. Cole switch at last minute explains that. But yeah, I don't know who else is going on the time of Post Malone, but I'm, not, I'm in no rush 
to go see Post Malone perform White Iverson and Go Flex and whatever other songs he has. Well, luckily for you, Dave, you'll be able to check out a lot of different food vendors, a lot of different art installments there instead of going to see Post Malone. Right. You yeah. can go check out Sylvan Esso. They're going to be great. Meadows Arts and Music Festival. So I'm hoping the arts can keep me entertained during a young cornball set. There's supposed to be a lot of graffiti art, very Governor's Ball. Yeah, if you've if you've been to Governor's Ball, you can definitely understand the vibe of that the Meadows is going to have. Sure. But yeah, Saturday definitely the the weaker of the two days. Yeah, um, I was very disappointed in it pre Cole, just from the artists I was interested in seeing because we all bought our tickets, the two day tickets, before we knew the split of the days. Mm-hmm. There was enough artists on there for me to decide to go, and then I was like, oh wait, everybody I wanted to see is on Sunday. I didn't, I didn't get a Saturday ticket, apparently. <laughs> but I'm okay with it now, but I was very disappointed initially. Well, I think especially we, we, everybody, when we first bought the ticket, thought Kanye and Chance will be on different days. Sure. I mean, I'm happy that they're both on the same day, because that means we'll, that we'll probably definitely see Ultralight Beam perform together. I think that's, uh, I I think that's, that's guaranteed. A, a, a pretty much a guarantee, which is we, very exciting. Find the prop bet. We will take that bet. Let yeah. us know. Tweet us, at NostalgiaPod. But I, I still think there's some good acts to check out. I mean, Lola Wolf is pretty interesting. Kamasi Washington, actually... It's a cool name. Yeah, he's a... Uh, Post Malone. He's a jazz saxophonist, but he has a full jazz band with him. If you check out any of his stuff, he puts a nice little twist onto some classical tunes, um, and he also has some of his own stuff. So he'll be a definitely interesting check out. Sylvan Esso, a very up-and-coming indie band. Evanescence? <laughs> so it's to me. It, 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 if I say it quickly, it could be Evanescence, and maybe they'll bring you to life. But no. <laughs> Sylvan Esso. Check out their song, Coffee. It's very indie, but mm. it's pretty fantastic. Don't drink coffee. Chrome- Don't think it's for me. <laughs> Chromio, gonna be great. Thomas Jack, also be good. Savages. Now... If anyone went to Coachella, watched the live stream, Savages was one of the standout performances of the weekend. It's an all-girls group, and I think they're from, like, Germany. I'm not 100% sure on that. Blake Lavely in it? Uh, She might be. She was in that really bad movie Savages with Taylor Kish. I don't even know what movie you're talking about. I'm glad I don't know that movie. That sounds horrible. But they're, they're this really hard rock band, and they kick ass. So if you're just looking to check out some interesting bands and broad your horizons, like, I think you should, Dave. I like hard rock. I like ACDC. We're talking, like, really hard guitar sound. Mm. They're going to be jumping off. They're going to be uh, jumping off piers, like, swinging guitars around. They're going to be pretty awesome. Yeah. So. It's on Saturday? On Saturday. What else are you going to be doing? Taking a nap, probably. Checking out Post Malone. Going for a walk. But as we said, Sunday is the much better of the, of the two days. So you got Kanye, you got Chance, Kygo, a rock band I will not mention, Bryson Tiller. The 1975, <laughs> what he means. Cage the Elephant, Mac Miller, uh, Borns, Twin Shadow, Performing Purple Rain, Jack Garrett, Pusha T, Temper Trap, Robert DeLong, Zella Day. The Robert DeLong has hardcore fans, doesn't he? He like everyone like loves well, him. I, here's the thing. I, He's a city and color dude. Is that right? No, city and color is Dallas Green. Uh, Dallas Green, yeah, city and color. Right. Um, Never mind. Robert DeLong's a DJ actually, mm. and I always actually get him and Jack Garrett confused, which is interesting that they're both on the same day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Jack, Jack Garrett has some fun songs. I I was surprised at how far down Pusha T was on this. Yeah, that's a little that's a little insulting if you ask me. He's is he performing like in the afternoon, like at two o'clock or I, something? I'm pretty sure he's like at three o'clock slot time, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> I'll be but in the front row then. <laughs> I I think it's great that that they're spreading it out like that because I mean only the hardcore fans will be there. That's awesome. Right, you can Pusha pre- T is fantastic. You can pretty much go Pusha T, 
probably jump to Mac Miller and then jump to Chance and Kanye. Mm. And if you just want to do straight hip hop, and Bryson Tiller's in there too. Yeah, so you have some really great options. That's exactly what I'll do. Bryson Tiller will steal your girl, so don't take your girl to the set. Push is actually one of my, uh, the one X I want to see the most. Just because I feel like the energy that he brings to every single one of his songs is just, you bob your head, but you also feel like you could like take on the world every if, single time. If you've ever seen his eyes in a music video, mm-hmm. when he's just... He's so intense. When he's just spitting the hardest coke metaphors you ever heard. <laughs> I've heard from friends that in person, it's the same way. And he's been at the top of my list of artists I have not yet seen that I really want to see. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited that he's on there. Yeah, I'm pumped to see him. I, I know that there's a conflict, Borns and Mac Miller. So they- Oh my God, it's <laughs> Borns. Jason Borns. So to clarify, the schedule is not officially out, but it was on the app for a couple hours. So we've been able to see some of the some of Boycott, the don't download the app. <laughs> Fight the man. At the end of the day, it's Kanye and Kygo, which if you're gonna if you're going to Kygo over Kanye, I don't know why you bought tickets in the first How place. often can you see Kygo? I feel like he's not hard to see. Yeah, and Kanye, unless you're pretty rich, you're not going to be able to buy a ticket to see him anytime soon. The 1975 played at the same time as Twin Shadow featuring uh, playing Purple Rain, which I will do anything to not go see the 1975. I'll, I'll probably just wait to go see Kanye, to be completely honest. <laughs> He's at the main stage or whatever they yep. call it. Whoever's there right before him, I'll be there just Luckily, making dude, my way in. I think you'll be there with a lot of people because Chance the Rapper is playing on that stage. Oh, I think before. It, right back to back? I, I know so. Well, at least <sighs> seeing the schedule. That's annoying then because people will not leave. That's why I get close. Getting a pit ticket for Kanye. Right. Taurus is historically very expensive. It'll be Kanye round two for me. You've seen him two times already, right? Uh, I have seen Kanye twice. Two easy uh, store stops, right? Yeah, and the last time he's in New York City was incredibly awesome. It's going to be interesting to see because obviously his floating stage setup is made to be inside, so I'm not sure how they're going yeah, to Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think the same Pablo Tour set is going to make an appearance here. I don't think so, I but... I don't think that makes sense for an outdoor venue. Yeah, but Kanye usually does something. He usually has some kind of twist to it, like when he did Coachella after the drop of My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, he had this huge display in the back of basically the, the artwork from the album and actually no it was the, it was the artwork from the cold summer or cruel winter album sorry cruel summer Jeez. yeah cruel summer just so you know we're recording this late folks give me a break um <laughs> cruel winter coming out hopefully next winter ep by travis scott he had crazy dancers come out and do mm. most of the stuff that's in the, the video for my beautiful Will he bring out Fantasy. white jesus again because that was pretty cool that was pretty cool and hopefully hopefully he'll bring out a lot of guests I just talked to Jesus. He said, what up, Jesus? <laughs> I mean, we got to figure designer. He's from Brooklyn. I think designer's a sure thing. Chance will come uh, out with him. Pusha again. Pusha Same day, they're obviously and cohorts. Especially when they do uh, Runaway, that will be incredible. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a good point. And you got to think, I mean, he doesn't have any other New York-based artists. Actually, I'm not sure if Tiana Taylor's New York-based. She might be. But, hmm. you know, Big Sean could be there two janes could be there any of anyone else new york based that's not good music affiliated there's a lot of options asap rocky yeah they're all boys i also wouldn't be surprised if he brought out like someone to sing wolves or something along sure. those lines for sure i mean there will definitely be some surprise guests who on sunday are you looking forward to seeing other than obviously kanye chance and pusha this will be my third time seeing mac miller second time seeing chance second time seeing cole i'm interested to see how bryson tiller does to be honest hmm Liked what I've seen on YouTube clips, and I actually really do like his debut project from last fall, Trap Soul. The dichotomy of rap songs and R&B crooning works really, really well in what 
music he's put out so far. So I like to see how that translates to a live setting because he's pretty cool. He's pretty pretty talented. I guess my final thought um, on this day is just I feel like the crowds are all going to be following each other to the same places. So mm. I feel like there's going to be a lot of really heavy, really well populated sets and some really well not attended sets. Kygo, I think especially, will have a very poor showing going up against Kanye. And it doesn't make sense to me why they didn't stagger them at least a little bit. They stagger the start time? They have the same exact start time? Kygo starts 15 minutes before him, but ends a half hour before Kanye does as well. But I, I would have th- thought they wanted would want Kanye to end and then have people go to Kygo and then kind of filter out. Or at least put another act during Kanye that's not as appealing as Kygo. Right. Because when you're paying... Kygo, as much as you probably are to have him be a headliner, you would think you'd want to have him make sure his set... Yeah, questionable scheduling, for sure. So, you can let us know what you think, though, about that kind of scheduling and other Meadows-related instances. Tweet us at NostalgiaPoth if you're there, so come say hi. Yeah, find us at Sheen World Peace at Martin Swagger. We're more than happy to meet some fans. I'm most likely the tallest, tallest, if not one of the top ten tallest per person in any one crowd. Wow, humble brag. So... I stand out. You can find me. <laughs> so now I want to get to Mr. Robot season finale. Yeah. Because I've been talking about this with coworkers, with friends, yeah. pretty much nonstop. Yeah, we recorded so. last week a day before the finale came out. So we're coming at the tail end of this, but it's also the Mr. Robot season two finale. So right. you can talk about this stuff for a long ass time. And we've been talking about it all summer anyway. So it's only right that we go into a full spoiler discussion about all of season two right now. Where do you want to start with this? Pat, what was your what was your general uh, reaction? Were you happy with the finale? Did you like it? I thought the finale was fantastic. Yeah, so did I. Blown away. I, even from the first moment, so... Yeah, oh, dude. As soon as I saw the first that first scene, I, I immediately texted you, asked if you had seen it already, because <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about it so bad already. Right. <laughs> and what is that moment? So the way that, that the previously on ends is it shows uh, Mr. Robot, played by Christian Slater, sitting in a car with Tyrell, basically saying, you know, we don't have the same interests when it comes to me, something, something. The opening scene of the season finale is Elliot sitting in the spot Mr. Robot was sitting, in the exact same way Mr. Robot was sitting, and talking with the exact same yeah, inflection, same with exact the lines. same mannerisms, saying the same thing and it's the first time you really see what Elliot actually looks like when he's in that Mr. Robot character. Yeah, because obviously anytime Mr. Robot does something it is just Elliot doing something and all the other characters see Elliot, see Rami Malek's appearance. Right. So seeing Rami Malek act as Christian Slater's mannerisms was insane to me. I did not expect that. And those are the kind of moments that make him an Emmy winner. those, Those are the reasons that I like to watch TV by myself. I don't like to miss those kind of things. That's why I don't like having my phone anywhere near me when I, it's a show I really like like that. Because that's something you would easily miss if you happen to be just listening to the show. Of course. The funniest part was after you texted me, I was starting the show after you, mm-hmm. and I texted you right away. It was like, holy crap, like how did he do it so spot on? Yeah. Rami Malik just showing why he got that W at the Emmys. And, and actually, I thought in that scene, Tyrell. Sad Tyrell? Yeah, sad Tyrell <laughs> was fantastic. He showed an incredible range of emotion just in that scene alone. I didn't really understand, I guess, the whole point about the poem he brought up, but that scene, great way to start the finale. And it also... I think it brought to the forefront one of the most complex issues of the show, which I think ties in at the very end of it, is Elliot's basically a terrorist. And we're following this mm-hmm. really complex... Even if he doesn't want to be. Yeah, this really complex individual who we see, we sympathize with, we see wants to do good when he's himself, but when right. he's controlled by this other personality or yep. character in his life, he's a pretty evil person. Yeah, once you find out exactly what stage two is, yeah, it's basically terrorism. 
Yeah, so we, we do find out what stage two is. Basically, Tyrell and Elliot spend the whole episode together. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like a dark dark army bunker of sorts. Mm-hmm. And Tyrell pretty, pretty much lays it out to him. But the interesting part about their interaction is Elliot doesn't know any of this, obviously, because this was all yeah, orchestrated by right. Christian Slater, Mr. Robot. And Mr. Robot Christian Slater tells Elliot in that bunker when Elliot starts questioning Tyrell, He's like, I only tell you what you can handle. And Elliot's questioning, you know, his allegiances. And Mr. Robot's like, yeah, but we're, we're the same. You know, we have the same interests. But at the same time, I have to keep things from you. And, you know, that whole scene kind of started playing into something many people, ourselves included, have not maybe jumped to the conclusion to, but definitely theorized about. And that is whether Tyrell Wellick is a real character. Mm-hmm. or what he appears to be, is that what he actually is, all things like that. When that scene was happening, were, how did you, what did you think about Tyrell then? Did you think he was real? Because coming into the finale, the penultimate episode, so when I saw Tyrell in the car, I was like, oh, yeah, I could easily be seeing something here. Right. You know, like, obviously we knew that Tyrell was a real distinct character before because exactly. of all the stuff he did with e- Evil Corp and, you know, Joanna, his wife. He obviously was a real person. Right. But now, you know, who know who? How could we know? During that scene, I, I think I think I did think he was real only because if he was fake, I feel like he would have understood why Elliot was acting the way he was at that time. Oh, sure. But I think the the really incredible thing about that scene was one not only seeing the the shot where Elliot's standing there talking with with Mr. Robot and the camera's kind of circling him and Mr. Robot keeps like disappearing yeah, but, like, teleporting reappearing. basically yeah. yeah but then when Elliot finally decides he's going to take back real control like the look in his face it kind of reminded me of I think it was the second or third episode when he's on all the uh, Adderall yeah and he's like kind of bugging out but he's got that really happy scene or he's just kind of <laughs> doing weird shit and just the way his expression came through his face, his eyes glossed over, it just really felt like a person who was enlightened for that moment, and then the gunshot. And uh, what was your reaction when he actually got shot? Yeah, it was surprising. And then Mr. Robot flickers away, and you're like, oh wait, yeah, Tyrell's real. Tyrell <laughs> means some business, because him and Elliot were in cahoots the whole time, of course Elliot didn't know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, by that point we knew what stage two was. Stage two was basically by exploiting gas lines and electrical currents or whatever, blowing up a building that was being used to house all the paper records that Evil Corp was using to reestablish all the records of debt and various other things. Right. Basically, what they would be doing to fix what happened from mm-hmm. the 5-9 hack from season right. one. I mean, it seems to make sense as a natural continuation of, you know, what they were doing. But at the same time, it's killing a ton of innocent people. It's blowing up a building. The scenes between Mr. Robot, about Elliot, and Tyrell were fantastic, but they actually weren't the scenes that stood out to me the most. Other than that opening scene, obviously, was incredible. I thought the scenes between Darlene and Dom yeah. really stole the episode for Absolutely. me. Absolutely. It was so tense, the entire yeah. interrogation. I kind of felt like a weight was on my chest. And then... <laughs> I had the biggest chuckle because after Darlene's attempt to plead the fifth, fifth, <laughs> and then Dom's like, okay, wait here. Oh yeah, where else is she gonna go? Right. <laughs> I kind of thought that was like the cockiest thing to say. <laughs> and then, sure enough, you find out why they were so cocky, and also this kind of explains why Dom was maybe not overzealous but anxious character for most mm-hmm. of the season. That's because they had so much information on F society and everyone. When you see that, finally see that whiteboard. Oh my gosh, the whiteboard. Do you think Darlene, because it ends with her basically saying, like, are you fucking kidding me? Do you think that that's her admitting, like, wow, I can't believe you know that all this is going on? Or is she going to try to play it off, like, are you fucking kidding me? You actually think this is 
Mm. Like, what's going on? Yeah, it's, yes, you, something's missing or something. Right. Tough to say. I'd like to think that, from everything we know, it looks pretty accurate to me. Yeah, the only part missing is the Dark Army part. Yeah, yeah, um, you have no idea about that. Which is actually interesting, because Dom was almost killed by the Dark Army after kind of going to talk Twice. about this. Yeah. I thought the opening part, though, when she's trying to plead the fifth, and uh, Dom and Supervisor, whatever is, I, I don't yeah, know his name. name. Morales or whatever. Yeah, and he goes... Martinez, <laughs> Dave, I think you have the line written down. What, what was the... I don't have the phone uh, He says, uh, you are not on some TV show. Yeah. This isn't Burn Notice. Sam Eshmael just straight up calling out Burn Notice. Straight zing. Yeah. Burn Notice, Mr. Robot, obviously, both USA TV shows. They also had a Blue Skies reference right after right. that. They made three meta real-world mm-hmm. references to the network which I thought was really cool. And it's funny because you read some of the criticism about the show and they were saying that how that was too on the nose or too... Like, I was like, I don't know. I, I saw a lot of people that were... Maybe that they personally were too annoyed by certain aspects of the finale so they were kind of writing like Mr. Robot's too far up its own ass now or Mr. Robot leaves more questions than answers. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the damn point. That's right. why we like the show because it's so freaking different. Exactly. I don't know why <laughs> you've been reviewing the show this long if you don't understand that. Right, and I'm pretty and sure... And you work for the outlets, and we work here at Nostalgia Pod. <laughs> yeah. And many donations. I'm pretty sure Sam Eshmael has pretty much straight up said that this is not your typical TV show. That, oh. that this was made to make you think and to make you watch TV differently and to think about mm-hmm. the way characters interact differently. And it's not like it didn't answer questions in this finale. We learned a lot of stuff. We found it really found out a lot about Tyrell. They didn't freaking Jon Snow us. We know Elliot lived. Right. Because there would be no doubt that he's the show would continue... Sure. It, without him, obviously. So we know he survives. Mm-hmm. That's a great um, point. We find out about the person who's calling Joanna, and it was what Scott Knowles, the husband of the the woman who uh, Tyrell pushed off the building or choked, choked, to death, to death. choked to death on top of the building. What I'm still really intrigued to find out about, and I, I know we will. What was like the end result of White Rose and Angela. Angela's conversation last the week before this? Right, and uh, this is where the show is it's really interesting, and it also, you can never really know 100% what's going on, because the way that we saw Dom was that she had this hunch, she had a couple pieces put together, but she kind of just wanted to go in and start right. arresting people, when... In reality, she had a pretty solid case already built. The Python approach. Exactly. You're not shown that until the very end of the season. Yeah. So, does Angela know this because Mr. Robot has set this up, or is it because White Rose has set this up with her? Mm-hmm. What was the whole point of that meeting? Although, I thought it was interesting that when the first shot you see in Angela's apartment is a goldfish mm. on her on her, her table. Uh, and obviously, that. like, a baby goldfish when there's that huge fish that dies yeah. in White Rose. A White Rose and Angela, I think, is two wild cards. Yeah. As, in, in a show of wild cards. Especially because Angela, I think, for the whole season, I mean, Portia Doubleday, breakout star of this season. Season MVP. The whole season, you see her going back and forth, wanting to be part of this, not wanting to be part of this liking Elliot, not like liking Darlene. So you never really knew where she stood, but it seems like she's pretty solidly on Elliot's side no matter what now. Framing in this episode was fantastic. So they always do very unique framing. That's a Sam Eshmael, I guess, like signature at this point, uh, where things are really out of, like, put into certain parts of the screen that you would Very intentional, where it's like off-centered. Right. shots or things like that. In the Darlene Dom scenes, I don't know if you noticed, but Dom would be in the bottom right hand corner of the screen and Darlene would be in the bottom left. So it's almost like every time they go back and forth, it looked like they were like 
a foot apart from each other. Mm-hmm. Like, that was, like, the perception, at least, I had watching it, which I thought was just fantastic. Just the, so many aspects of this show, the little intricacies, oh, make yeah. it that above and beyond level that Mr. Robot has basically cemented itself as after a second really good season. Yeah. Everything is key, nothing is this double dynamic, nothing is unimportant. Right. The details were in the details with this show, and it, there's the, sometimes there's, like, straight-up denial of fan service. Mm-hmm. I think that's for the better, because this show knows where it's heading. Right. And just because there's things we don't know doesn't mean you shouldn't be incredibly entertained. Exactly. Two and, seasons in. And Ashmel even said on a uh, interview with the WatchPod that he has the main points of the show. Like, the mm-hmm. skeleton's there. It's just the details that would be changed and filled in as time progresses. So that's also very encouraging that this show has a set direction, that they're mm-hmm. not kind of flying by the seat of their pants with yeah. this. Yeah, and again, at two seasons in, this season was a little lighter on the plot, because season one was more or less straightforward as far as unreliable narrator shows can be. But I think they said on the watch, season one was was the bender and season two was the hangover, if you want to explain it that way. What did you make of Tyrell saying that he loved Elliot in the final scene? They've had a lot of conversations we don't know about. I think they they have an incredible working relationship. <laughs> I don't know. You think you think it's just at that level? Like it, it, oh, yeah, probably. Basically, like if, if someone, if you got shot and someone approached me, I would just break down crying and say I love you. I mean, they've been working on this for a long time, right? Well, you know what, Dave? I love you, man. Yeah, thanks. Wow. Wow, thanks. <laughs> this is an awkward moment. I point you now, to... Nostalgia pod. I point you to 2011 hit, 2011 hit comedy with Paul Rudd and Susan Siegel. <laughs> I love you, man. So to wrap up, I kind of want to before we finish, the last thing I wanted to ask about, the whole thing with Joey Badass, did he just slice up those two, I, I forgot the name, Trenton and... Uh, Mobley. Mo, yeah, Mobley. Did he just slice them up at the end? Was he basically just no, sat there No, no way. No, so what, what, what do you think's going on with them? It was kind of hinted that he was a dark army plant in prison to protect Elliot. Right. So we know Dark Army and F Society were working together, and they said that Romero... Was killed by a, st- a stray bullet. Dropped, a stray bullet killed Romero. Crazy, wasn't that... Tyrell? Wasn't Mister Robot? Wasn't the Dark Army axing people? Set off this whole chain of events. I think he's found them because Dark Army obviously they they know things to get to work. I would say I don't see Trent or Mobley going away anytime soon. I, they they were they were developed more this right. year. Yeah, it's, it's and now they've been separated. You don't just separate them from everyone else just to kill them. Yeah, it's interesting because I think my first thought was basically any loose ends, Cisco, any loose ends that there were were basically tied up by the Dark Army. They were trying to take out Dom. I they guess they didn't tie that up so mm-hmm. well, but they were basically trying to take out anybody that had information that wasn't moving in the same direction that they wanted to move with this plan, or that they had that they felt they had to be worried about. So that was immediately why I thought, hmm. Is he just sent there to... to yeah, I don't know. Up? But it doesn't make sense to waste a scene on that if it's not going to be a part. I mean, the ending scene last year was Price and White Rose talking, which alluded to the much bigger plot of this season that they're actually in cahoots on this whole plan together. Yeah, and then you find out that White Rose is like the leader of China Treasury. Shout out B.D. Wong. Yeah, he's great. He basically goes from playing the same character on every season of Law and SVU to now playing this extremely complicated and strange Chinese mob boss slash minister of defense. And sometimes he's playing a trans woman. Right, sometimes exactly. he's playing a man. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> great, great performance. In, uh, a, in a show, obviously, literally great performance. Any any last thoughts on the season? Really excited for season three. Which, See, that's again to, again to work on it pretty soon. We'll get that next summer. It's obviously already mm-hmm. been renewed. Well, it seems like it might not be summer 
based on he wants apparently he wants to change up the production schedule so it might Same be time. later which would be interesting if it's a fall drop you put it sure. in contention with a lot of other really big shows i mean i'd actually like that sure. what, what premiere shows are on, have... the, on the fall right atlanta's new and westworld has potential Mm-hmm. But are there any other standout fall shows? No, not really. It's just a lot of network TV, and there's a lot of good network TV Wait, nowadays. But when is Game of Thrones coming out? I thought it it'll was... it'll be June. Oh, June. Okay, so, so it'll, it'll be... still end at the end of the summer. I wonder if that would be intentional by Smail to get out of the way. So yeah, not have Game of Thrones. Makes and sense. Let Mr. Robot dominate the talk. I mean, oh, Fargo also... season three will be next fall. Oh, that's true. That'd be interesting because when does Fargo air? Thursdays. Oh, I don't remember. I never watched live like that. You hmm. and McGregor's in it. Hype. Uh, we, we definitely talked about that. Check it out on a... Did we pick him? No, we didn't pick him, but we talked about people we'd want. To yeah. Know I wasn't sure if he was one of the ones we talked. Oh, no. Do we already know about him when we talked about we it? We did. Oh, okay. I think, I think they might have li- listed one other person. And they also announced that Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who was last seen in 10 Cloverfield Lane, will be joining you and McGregor. And obviously that's from the great Noah Hawley. So we'll be talking about that. That's end of next year, though. It's so far away. It's a full year from now. But we will be talking about it, so stick with Nostalgia Pod. Next week, we'll be recapping The Meadows. Maybe maybe talking about some, some fall TV. We'll probably be talking about Westworld a little bit. I don't know. Whatever else tickles our fancies. It's yeah. a whole week. Let Something us know what on. you want us to talk about, because there's so much content in the world, we can't possibly know about all of it offhand, so you got to help us out there. Tweet at the show, at Nostalgia Pod. Tweet at Dave, at Martin Swagger. Tweet at myself, at Sheenie World Peace. We hope to see you at the Meadows this weekend. Yeah. Yeezy out. Double platinum. No features. <laughs> and this here's been a long round, so I gotta go. It's logic. The one nobody would vouch for. How's that shit for an outro?